Welcome to the Nifty Chicks. In this episode, we are changing things up. We were recently invited to our very first Twitter space event by Appreciate, which is focused on all things luxury in Web3. We wanted to share our conversation in case you missed it. Let's do this. Okay, why don't we get started? So we're super excited to have the Nifty Chicks on our episode six of Appreciate Thursdays. Um, women in the world of NFTs, awareness, who are educating women in the NFT space. We're super excited to have you here. Uh, Jen NFT and Minty Cell, do you guys want to do a quick intro? Sure, I'll uh, go first. So um, hi, everyone. My name is Jen FT. My real name is Jenna Kozadoy. You can find me um, anywhere you search. Um, I have been in uh, the thick of uh, NFTs for just over a year now, um, thanks to Minty Cell. Um, she is the one that led me to the rabbit hole, and now I'm in the deep in the rabbit hole. Um, but I absolutely love this space. I love the Web3 space, um, and I'm so excited that we've kicked off the Nifty Chicks show to, uh, you know, with the uh, sole purpose of bringing more women into the world of NFTs. Awesome. And I am Minty Cell. Uh, I am fully doxxed as well. Um, I am Erin Cell. I have been in the world of crypto and NFTs for, oh, I'm getting close to five years. I was the producer for the Bad Crypto Podcast and the Nifty Show for a little over four years. And Gen FT sparked, helped me spark my interest into NFTs even more. We started really talking about women and NFTs. And I basically went down the rabbit hole of all women-led projects. And we launched you know, the Nifty Chicks in February. And I was trying to juggle both the Nifty Chicks and the Bad Crypto Podcast, and it just got to be a lot. So a couple months ago, I quit as the producer of the Bad Crypto Podcast and went full-time into the Nifty Chicks and excited to be here in this Twitter spaces with you guys. I'm so glad you guys made it. So I'm Kayla Trivieri, the Chief Product Officer at Appreciate, as many of you guys know. Um, but we definitely want to get into a list of questions. I mean, there's lots of things that we have been putting together and that people in our audience want to know. So kicking off with Jen, how did you get started in the tech world after being in finance for so long? So um, that's right. I have a background in finance. Um, I've worked uh, in kind of the traditional finance background. I've got the, I worked at Goldman Sachs and Bridgewater Associates. Um, I am also a wealth advisor for client high net worth individuals. And so, um, for me, tech is really, um, a part of finance. Everything that we do is reliant on tech and for kind of crypto and the tech side of crypto, it was just really a perfect marriage of everything that I'm trying to achieve on the client front, but for myself. So, um, the two worlds do go pretty hand in hand. Um, when you think about it. And um, so it was a pretty easy transition because, you know, part of crypto is finance related. So a lot of, you know, the things that we're talking about with guests on the show um, all relate to finance and investing. And 
how to, you know, think about investing, how to think about, you know, uh, spending our own dollars and our own, our own wealth. So, um, yeah, the two worlds kind of go hand in hand. And I've always viewed myself as someone who is, happens to be in the finance space, but someone who has a um, kind of a desire to learn more about kind of how tech can help us achieve our financial goals. And aside from thinking that in coming from the perspective of like tech is kind of like finance, what was something else that also drew you into the space? Um, I think for me, it was the opportunities and not necessarily just the financial opportunity because we all love to make money and we all love to make a, a strong investment that makes us money. But it was really more for how the how NFTs and crypto can really change how we operate in the world. Um, to me, that that kind of it's really endless when we think about it. Um, where the world of NFTs can go if we think, I mean, right now we're thinking a year in advance. If we go down five years, ten years, it's so exciting to think about how NFTs can integrate into our everyday lives, and that we're going to be utilizing NFTs and crypto um, as a kind of primary currency, um, not just like a it's it's a kind of an asset class part of all of our various kind of investments, but it's going to be really a tool that we use on a daily basis. And so for me, that's what's really most exciting is um, I don't think we could possibly forecast where we could, where we're going to be five years from now. I think five years from now, we're going to look back and be like, holy cow, I can't believe how much, um, how much this world has changed thanks to NFTs and crypto. And I think that's one of the magical things once you get into like the NFT Web3 rabbit hole you see the future and all the opportunities and how cool everything could be. And it's changes your perception of how everything could potentially work in the future, which is super exciting. Yeah. Agreed. And what were some of your goals with the nifty chick podcast? How did that come about? Oh man. So, um, you know, Minty cell and I were sitting, we happened to live in the same community in Puerto Rico and we were sitting together over dinner one night and I was just so lost. I didn't even know what an NFT stood for. So I was starting from ground, ground, ground zero. And thankfully, I'm in a community where um, I have a lot of people who are in the space who helped me, like really took me under their wing, and Minty Cell being one of them. And um, we just kept turning to each other and be like, man, like, I want to learn more. But every time I Google something about NFTs, it's just a bunch of dudes that are like, flaunting themselves uh, as experts of NFTs. When NFTs are so new, I don't think anybody is can deem themselves an expert here. And it was just such a bro culture that um, it was almost such a big turnoff. So, you know, we were sitting there and being like, I feel like, you know, ourselves, if we take our own experience, we want to be able to turn to women in the space. We want to be able to hear a women's voice. We want to be able to speak to uh uh, uh, someone who is like us, like-minded, um, in, and kind of shares the same values and the same goals to kind of help us along in this journey. And we couldn't find it. So uh, ultimately, we said to ourselves, well, like, let's be that for other people because we're on our own, um, you know, NFT journeys. We're so new into the space. We're super humble. We're, we're knowing that we don't know anything relative and so, like, let's share that with other people who are other, you know, specifically women who are trying to step into the space who may be intimidated by the bro culture. Let's give them a resource to turn to. So that was really, um, you know, what why we built the Nifty Chicks. And, 
you know, as far as what the future holds, we just really hope to become kind of the go-to for all females stepping into the space and who just want to kind of expand their their um, network of women in the world of NFTs. And I think that's a key thing too, of just avoiding the tech bro culture, finding a place where I'm sure other women relate to and feel comfortable, you know, connecting with people like yourselves that they see themselves in um, and want to learn from. And I think that's also such an important thing, especially with onboarding women into the Web3 space. Now, continuing on with this podcast, where do you both see yourselves in five years and where do you want to take this brand? I'm going to let Minty Sell take that one first. Um, Well, I mean, hopefully we will be, you know, wildly successful with the podcast and educating, as Jen FT said, educating women and helping onboard women into the crypto and NFT space. Um, We haven't officially announced this yet, but we are working on a project um, that I'm super excited about for NFTs and uh, giving back to the Nifty Chicks. And ideally in five years, that's going to be, you know, a way past what my roadmap is right now um, as it stands, but hopefully we will be, you know, a powerhouse in the NFT uh, community. That's amazing. I mean, obviously we all want us to be successful and we hope you're also successful on this right? or our Twitter spaces. Um, so who, when you first got started too, can you tell me about some of your mentors um, when you're you know, just learning about NFTs in the space or even just about podcasts too. Well, uh, yeah. So I mean, it's super easy for me. Minty Sell was my mentor on the NFT space and the podcasting space. She's just an expert in the podcasting space, but being a producer for um, two successful podcasts already. So she really helped me um, kind of break into that, this side of the world. And then on the NFT space between her and Joel Com at the Vibe Crypto podcast and, uh, John Lee Dumas, who is EO on Fire podcast. Um, this community that we live in um, is just full of people who are deep in the NFT space who has really um, helped us along the way. Yeah, definitely. And I would I would agree with that. I mean, for me, it's it's really Joel Com and Travis Wright, uh, their co-hosts of the Bad Crypto podcast. Obviously, I was knee deep in crypto by being the Bad Crypto podcast producer. And then they started the nifty show. And I was just hearing all the time, you know, the different things about NFTs and learning. So for me, they're definitely my mentors and what, you know, brought me into the space. No, that's awesome. And so what are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced maybe coming up in the podcast space or the NFT space with bro bro culture and the tech bro culture? Hmm. So it's interesting to me because I definitely feel that there's more of the bro culture in the world of crypto and blockchain. And I haven't felt it nearly as much within the NFT community. Um, You know, I remember going to conferences, you know, as early as probably 2018 and it being, you know, 90, 95% dudes and, these conferences and I I hadn't attended an NFT conference until April of this year, 2022. 
and that was the in uh, the non-fungible conference in Lisbon and I was very surprised by what I felt like was a much better percentage wise of men versus women and then Gen FT and I had the opportunity to speak at NFT NYC this year and I know we've kind of gone back and forth as to what we think the percentages there were. And I personally think it was maybe like 70, 30 men, women. And that to me is a huge um, increase um, improvement in the number of women. I, I And I just have to say, maybe it's a little different for us because we pretty much only talk to women and women led projects and Art, female artists and you know women that are doing cool shit in the nft space so i don't feel like we really have encountered many challenges and i also think that the men in the space are very encouraging of women and they you know try to help and assist and and bring women into the space as you know as often as they can how about you jenna t yeah, I would I would echo that. I think um, I coming from a traditional finance background am used to being the only female in the room, and I I haven't felt uncomfortable being that because I think it lends itself to an opportunity that I have that dudes don't. So I try to capitalize on on being the only female in the space. Um, and when it comes to uh, you know, conferences, I, I am seeing more women in, in getting into this space. I'm excited about it. And I have found, I'll echo what Minty Sell just said, said, I have found the men to be very welcoming and empowering. Um, they're not in a, in the kind of like, unlike some other industries, they're not shutting me down. They're not shutting us down as a podcast, trying to, you know, pave the way as a leading female podcast, they're actually encouraging and they're actually sharing their ideas, actually helping us, um, which isn't something I, I typically see. So I wouldn't say um, we faced a whole lot of challenges. I think one of the interesting things that one of our guests had brought up that I, I so agree with is one of the things that, um, you know, these conferences are doing is they're like, yes, I'm, I'm, I have a whole panel dedicated to females in NFTs. Like, this is great. I'm like, I'm being inclusive, right? We're highlighting women. But when in reality, what that just does is that puts us on a stage and um, still segregates us from the men and versus, you know, having a conference space and a stage where we're collaborating with the men. And I think it's, it's interesting because I, I see, I see, you know, companies and organizations and conferences trying to make an effort. They're just not doing it in the best way possible, but I, that's, that's going to be learned over time. And I'm not sure that they know that they're not doing it um, but in the best way possible, but like, let's put, put the women on the same stage as the men. Don't just put all the women together um, I mean, we, we will have a great time on stage and crush it, but I think we can also agree that um, it's the collaboration between men, women, and everything in between um, is really what sparks the best ideas. And that's where um, I think we should be, you know, we're faced with a challenge, but I think we, we need to take a little bit more of a better direction. No, I completely agree. And that's something I think that resonated with me, especially coming from a tech background. Uh, I used to work at IBM for about five years, and I feel like I was consistently the only woman in a room. Um, but sometimes you can play that to your advantage. And I think um, if we're able to address all our different, you know, beautiful 
backgrounds and the diversity and what we bring to the table, we can actually collaborate in a way that will advance how we think and how we can mm-hmm. collaborate and work and bring, like, like you said, if we have a panel with everybody, not just one group of people, um, how far we can change our diversity of thought. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. So pivoting a bit into the world of appreciate, since we do focus on web three verified credentials and luxury, I want to hear from both of you. What is luxury to you? <laughs> I'll go first. I feel like um, I'm getting ready to go um, on something that to me is very luxurious. Um, I'm actually leaving next week for a three week cruise. And I, I mean, I, I, for me, it's, it's all about travel and adventure and I do, I do uh, I would have to say I like luxurious things um, to some extent. I mean, I don't think I'm over the top with it, but, you know, this cruise, we definitely splurged and got, you know, uh, upgraded cabin. So we're not, you know, in one of those rooms down at the bottom of the ship with like a little porthole. We actually have like a living area and a balcony. So I would say to me, that's luxurious. Um I know uh, you guys talk a little bit about, you know, luxury bags, and I definitely have an affinity for luxury shoes. Um, I just splurged a little bit last week and bought myself some little Valentino slippers that uh, I love. What? Oh my gosh, I want to see those. <laughs> I'll have to take a picture and send them to you, but they are, they're pretty amazing. <laughs> Tell us which ones. Definitely tweet a picture after so we can check. Oh, I will. I will. That's amazing. And I'll I'll echo that. Like, um, we do enjoy, you know, similar travel um, kind of worlds, Mindy, Sal, and I. um, But to me, luxury is freedom. No matter, like, what deems something as luxurious. Okay, maybe it has a higher price tag than, than something similar. But um, maybe not, right? Maybe it's the quality, maybe it's the time, maybe it's a, it, there is real no kind of benchmark for this. If, if this necklace is priced at, you know, $10,000, it's, it's deemed luxurious versus nine, you know, 9,999. It's not, there's no real definition in my mind. Luxury is freedom and the ability to enjoy what we want to enjoy. Um, without any constraints. So as Mendeza was saying, she gets to go on this vacation. She's not worried about the money aspect of it. Of course, it costs money, but she is doing what she wants to do and investing her time in the way that she wants to be investing her time without feeling restricted. And to me, that's the definition of luxury is being able to live the lives that we want without feeling a constant constraint from a time standpoint, from a financial standpoint, um, from a social standpoint, anything like that. Hundred percent, John of T. I love that. <laughs> no, those are both awesome answers. I mean, vacation, shopping, luxury, even free time seems to be a luxury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a few like answers we've received before um, on our episodes. A lot of people really do love it. Do see their time as a luxury now? Sure. Are either of you into luxury handbags? I think, again, it goes to what do you define as luxury? I mean, I have some handbags that, um, I mean, to me, 
they're, I guess, luxury. I mean, I don't feel like they're they're that expensive. Or I mean, like I'm all about Michael Kors and I like Kate Spade, and, but I, I would say that's about as luxurious as I go for uh, luxury handbags. And I'll share just super honestly, I do not come from money. Um, the world of having money is fairly new to me. Um, and so for me, I'm learning what my own definition of luxury means. Um, so for instance, like, w could I rock a Valentino bag? Hell yes. Um, is the bag that I found from a, like the hands of a, an amazing Italian woman that when I was just traveling in Italy uh, that says Puerto Rico in Italian, that is like literally handmade to me, like, was it pricey? Sure. But to me, that was, that's like luxury. It's like a one of one bag that was, you know, um, created by uh, an incredible designer. Um, is she well known? Absolutely not. Uh, but to me, that's like, that's special. And that's, that's really special. So I think, over time, like this is one of the reasons why I love Web3 is I, I think, I, be, I believe that all females and everyone in general deserves, you know, financial independence. And I believe that Web3 is going to be paving a way um, for me to achieve my financial goals as well as my, you know, uh, world of finance. And uh, so I'm excited to see how my definition of luxury changes over time. But um, like I said at the beginning, if you want to give me a Valentino bag, I will rock the shit out of that. <laughs> and I, I have to just um, second that the bag that she's talking about is amazing. We all saw it in Puerto Rico and we're like, oh my God, where'd you get that? I love it. We all want one yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. But sometimes I think we can have an appreciation for really good quality and craftsmanship and things that we see that we can identify with that we truly love. Like, I think that's luxury. Um, I don't think you necessarily need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on these big designer brands um, to experience that and have that. And then I'm so happy that you found that within your little Italian shop, Puerto Rico. <laughs> Sounds beautiful. Great. So moving into, you know, the other big brands, I'm sure um, we all one day would love to splurge on. Um, what are your thoughts on some of those moving into the metaverse? I know there's been a lot of projects from Balenciaga, Gucci, um, Caring Group, who is their parent company, of them coming up with these projects, um, digital fashion and things like that. I personally think it's amazing. Um, I love seeing it. I don't know if you guys uh, have heard about uh, Diamond Handbag Club. Uh, we had Angel on our show um, She's got some interesting and unique designs for handbags. Um, one of the things that I really think in that, in that space is I feel like it gives more people an opportunity to own something that they may not necessarily have the means to do in the real world, because I think that you're going to see a lower price point on those digital goods, you know, digital luxury goods than you would in real life. So I think it, it maybe gives somebody that wouldn't necessarily be able to have that in real life, an opportunity to own something in the digital world. Yeah, I, I totally see that happening. Um, the lower entry point, um, I think is, is going to 
be exciting to see kind of some people flourish in a way that they have they haven't been able to um you know the, one of the perks about the web3 space is like you can be anyone you want to be um and you can live whatever life you want to live and so perhaps you can't afford you know a ten thousand dollar bag in real life but maybe you can afford the nft that is you know uh you know 0.5 ETH. you know and or maybe you can trade some other nfts sell some nfts you know wait for the the market, buy some more, whatever it is to kind of work your way up to buying that NFT. And then, you know, in the metaverse, how cool is it that you're going to be able to walk around? And a lot of these these luxury brands that we're seeing and Diamond Handbags being one of them is um, not only are you going to get the NFT and you can rock this bag in the metaverse, um, but you're also going to be getting a tangible in real life bag, which is super, super cool because you can, you know, live that life in the metaverse and rock it and then in real life, you know, rock it as well. So I think it's it's really the brands that are kind of bridging the gap between the 2.0 web web uh, web 2 and web 3 worlds and, you know, really creating the ultimate experience for their NFT holders or clients or customers, whatever you want to call us. No, absolutely. And so moving away from, you know, metaverses, luxury fashion and all that space, Minty Cell, we know you have a social media agency. We would love to hear more about that. Tell us what you focus on. So it's funny that you asked that question because I actually, I had that company when I was still living in Colorado and I actually dissolved it when I moved away because I really had been moving away from the social media side of things for quite some time uh, as I was growing, you know, what I was doing with the Bad Crypto Podcast. Um, the the more, I guess, duties and, and things that I took on with Bad Crypto kind of pulled me away from social media. And I mean, to be quite honest, um, I was kind of tired of being in the social media space, um, I primarily I worked with businesses, small businesses that I did like their marketing plans and um, did their actual social media posting. And it is a lot of work and very time consuming and people don't want to pay you a lot for it. Um, so it just, you know, I got, I got tired of it <laughs> and um, honestly really wanted to, just do more in NFTs, which is something that I truly enjoy. I mean, I could spend all day on OpenSea uh, researching and looking at NFTs. So this is just a lot more fun uh, way for me to spend my time. No, I love that. And tell us about some of your favorite NFT collections and what is your favorite NFT that you own? Oh man, I have so many. Um, in fact, I, it's, I, I will say the one Gen FT knows what I'm going to say because I talk about them all the time. Uh, but Fame Ladies is one of my, it's definitely one of my like top three uh, NFT projects that I'm a part of. Um, I have a lot though. Um, my BFF and you is one of them. World of the Women, um, Boss Beauties. Uh, those would be my, oh, and Crypto Chicks. <laughs> Uh, I have a crypto. I I have a crypto chick that I say she's my forever chick, um, and then uh, probably 
I don't know. I really like Jessica, my fame lady. We named her Jessica. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Althea, Alethea.ai. You can bring your fame ladies to life and have them, like, they learn through AI. And so that is, I think, really cool. And I think that's, you know, the future of NFTs and what we're doing is that you'll be able to bring those characters avatars to life and interact with and engage them which i think is really cool no that's awesome i mean there's lots of fun collections there's a few you named out that i also am a really big fan of so love the community um and i think that's a really big part of nfts and collections and the artists who produce them how have you worked on building your community for the nifty chicks and your brand Um, I would say primarily, I mean, obviously, like we're out there talking to all these leaders in the space, the the main way that that we have found, I think, is by going to conferences and meeting people, because that's the, you know, the best way. I mean, you go to a conference, and you're able to meet a ton of people in a short amount of time. And usually, the people that you're trying to connect with are there. So, you know, we, like I said, NFT NYC, Jen FT and I were lucky enough. We got to meet, you know, uh, Ashley and Danielle from fame ladies squad, and we invited them to be on the show. Um, And that has led to a a lot of other connections, you know, um, Meta doc piece. We had her on the show. We met her at New York in New York city, um, we were able to meet Betty from Dead Fellows and get her on the show. Um, we're still trying to get Lisa Meyer from Boss Beauties, who said yes, but I haven't been able to lock her down. Um, so that's, you know, I think the best way for us is just getting out there and, you know, meeting people and and telling them and talking to them about what we're doing and, um, yeah, just putting putting the word out there. That's, that's so important. I think it is really just about being boots on the ground, making those connections, building your community. How are you guys planning on reaching new people in the future? And how would you like your community to grow? Um, let's see. Jen uh, T, we haven't really even talked about that. Um, you know, I mean, we I definitely... Have, we have I, some, I, you know, goals on the social media front. We have some goals on, like, building out a Discord, I think. Um, it's today, I think it's hard to be successful in the NFT space without having a discord channel and a discord community. So we know that we've got some work to do there because as Mindy's always saying, like what we're doing is like in real life work, boots on the ground, just like you mentioned, very, very web two world. Um, and we have not put a lot of effort into building our web three, um, kind of brand in the web three world outside of you know, um, sh- shouting out our episodes on Twitter and Instagram and we're on Facebook, all of those kind of great social platforms. But um, that is something that we hope to do is really build out our Discord, um, you know, uh, community and uh, really start some more Twitter spaces, things like that. So we've got we've got a good plan. We just need to really execute. Right. Um one thing I, I did want to add is I think, 
you know, a, a big part of one of the ways of growing is doing things like, exactly like this, getting on other people's Twitter spaces, getting on other people's podcasts, um, because then you're letting their audience know about you and, you know, discover you. And so that is something that that we have been doing more of. We, you know, we need we need to do even more of it. But I think that it's a good start. It's, you know, kind of those reciprocal uh, relationships with people. And I think um, it's super important to, you know, getting the word out and growing. No, absolutely. And how do you think over the next couple of years, mainstream luxury customers can accommodate, you know, growing this community in the next wave of the digital NFT acquisition? I I love seeing all these luxury brands getting into it. Uh, you know, we just Jen FT and I were having this conversation with one of our guests the other day, and I I think it's interesting because you know you do have like the Gucci's, but then you also have McDonald's getting into the NFT space. So it's like completely different, you know, aspects of the the world, right? You've got high end and very <laughs> low end. Um, I think even like Taco Bell was talking about getting into the, the digital space. I think it's great for um, like customer acquisition because you're able to communicate and market to your customers or potential customers in a different way. You're able to build those relationships with them in a meaningful um way that you you really couldn't before i mean you you think about it it's like you walk into a neiman and buy a handbag or buy a pair of shoes and that's kind of the end of that you know like you from the the moment you walk in the door until the moment you leave with that purchase that's really the only time that you have to build any sort of relationship or communicate with the customers and in the digital world once somebody owns that digital accessory or that NFT, then you have the ability to, you know, talk to them and offer them things that, you know, different ways to communicate with the customer that you wouldn't have had before. Yeah. And I think, quite frankly, the, the businesses that aren't thinking on the Web3 level at this point, they're they're not going to succeed. I think... It's the businesses that are really thinking strongly about how to change pretty much everything that they're doing today um, are going to be really successful. And uh, we were we happened to uh, be speaking with um, one of our guests about about this exact thing of like how marketing, how the world of marketing for brands is going to change. Um, and it's. I think, you know, for anyone that's listening, if you work for a company and they're not already talking about Web3, then it's almost going to be too late pretty soon. Great. Absolutely. So snaps to that. I think everyone needs to start putting their Web3 lenses on and seeing the future and how they can incorporate that into their brand strategy. Um, I only have a couple more questions to, before we wrap up for this evening. What do you think the future of fashion and the metaverse is? Ooh. Mm. <laughs> it's gonna be i i'm excited about it because i don't have 
um, a, a huge, like, I'm, I'm not an expert in fashion or, or even the metaverse. I'm still a newbie in this whole world. And, um, but I'm really excited to think about um, what the future has in store. The idea that my avatar can wear certain wearables and have um, kind of cool fashion is, is so exciting because like, like I said, one of the perks about Web3 is that you can be anyone you want to be um, and you can look any way that you want to look. Like you're not constrained to your own body, your own style, the kind of image that you have to uphold in real life. Like you can be anything. And so I'm excited because like in a world, in real life, I, I probably will, you'll never see me with, a, you know, um, a, a full sleeve of tattoos, but my avatar might go ahead and get a full sleeve of, of tattoos. Um, but it's just, it's so cool because the possibilities are endless. And I think for a fashion standpoint, um, these brands can now reach a whole slew of people that they've never been able to reach before. And, you know, crypto and the metaverse is worldwide. It's not just regional anymore or local to the store that you have around the corner. It is worldwide. And so I think the reach that fashion designers have is so much greater than it ever has been. And um, I think you're going to see some people kind of dressed in a way that they can't dress for one way or another in real life. And I think it's super cool and super exciting. Um, I agree. And I think it's so bring, going back to the Fabricant. So they did um, a partnership with WOW and I ended up buying a bunch. And I just, I think about those outfits and you're, you were able to create, like pick your, I don't think you would necessarily pick your fabric, but I know you picked your colors and the design, you had different design choices. And when I think about what I picked there, they're outfits that I would probably never in a million years wear in real life, but I would love to see them on my avatar. Um, and I just think that it, the metaverse allows you to be more daring. I feel like I'm, not maybe so daring in what I would wear now. I feel like I'm more, you know, conservative in my clothing or, you know, fashion attire. But in the metaverse, I've definitely, like Jenna, Jenna T said, you know, I would be more daring and more bold. And it, it really does open up, you know, all the, the options for you to be whatever you want to be. Absolutely. And that's the beautiful thing about the digital world. You can be whoever you want to be, try anything out. And that's yep. the part about it. Yeah. It's cool. Okay. And our last question before we wrap up, what's one word or phrase you would use to sum up the future of luxury and NFTs? Um, one word. Okay. One word or phrase. I would say um, unlimited possibilities. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, that is a good one. Yeah. And I will go with... Uh, I like, I like Mindy Sell's terminology, so I'm going to steal it. I'm going to go with daring. Love it. That that's a great one. I think that's it for episode six. We appreciate both of you for being on our Twitter Spaces. Thank you again for your time. So Gen FT, that was fun for our first space, don't you think? I know. I want to do more of them. It was actually 
pretty cool to do audio only. So we've been doing video. If anybody's uh, listening on their favorite podcast player, we also have a YouTube channel where you can see our faces. And uh, so it was really cool to do just audio only. I was kicking back in my seat with my feet up on the desk. I was enjoying the view while I was chit-chatting with you. I know. I loved it. I, I definitely think it's something that we should maybe think about incorporating into yes. what we're doing when I get back from my trip. I know. Tell us more about the trip. It's so exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, you may have noticed this is a little bit different than what we normally do on Fridays. And the reason for that is we had to pre-record some of our Friday shows while I am cruising the Mediterranean for a few weeks. Yes. Oh, I cannot wait for pictures. Um, I really hope that you share uh, all the awesome things that you're doing on Insta and Twitter. We are so excited to follow along. Yes, I will. I will do my best. You know, it's once you kind of get in that vacation mode, you're like, take mm -hmm. a picture, but then forget to post. So I will do my best. Sure, yeah. I'm not making any promises. <laughs> That's right. Understood. Yeah. So um, that being said, I just want to make sure that you are following along on our socials. You can find us on all the social platforms at The Nifty Chicks. That is The Nifty, N-I-F-T-Y, Chicks, C-H-I-C-K-S. And as always, thank you so much for listening to The Nifty Chicks. Always remember, invest in yourself. You are worth it. Please listen carefully to the following disclaimer. Neither the host nor the guests of the Nifty Chicks podcast are acting in the capacity of financial advisors. We wish to remain transparent and impartial to the NFT community at all times, and therefore, the content provided by the Nifty Chicks hosts and guests are intended for general information purposes only. Nothing written or discussed by the Nifty Chicks hosts and guests should be construed or relied upon as investment, financial, legal, regulatory, accounting, tax, or similar advice. Nothing should be interpreted as a solicitation to invest in any cryptocurrency or NFT, and nothing herein should be construed as a recommendation to engage in any investment strategy or transaction. Please be advised that it is in your own best interest to consult with investment, legal, tax, or similar professionals regarding any specific situation and any prospective transaction decisions. You must do your own research when considering investing in cryptocurrencies or NFTs. We are simply sharing our journey with you as we learn more about the world of NFTs. Happy minting.